Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. I hope that this finds you doing well. I hope that if your school year has already wound down, or if you're at that final, final stretch of the year, that you're taking some time to catch your breath, to take care of yourself, maybe take on some of those projects that you've been looking forward to and just haven't had the time, or maybe you're just taking some time to rest and recuperate. I mean, let's face it, folks, you've been through one of the most difficult and challenging school years on record. And I just want to take a time to to congratulate you for that, to tell you thank you for the work that you are doing. It is not easy, and it is not for the faint of heart. And my hat is off to you. I appreciate you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. My guest on this week's episode is Josh Tovar. Now, maybe you don't know Josh. I will tell you, I didn't really know Josh until recently, but Having had an opportunity to sit down and have a really lengthy conversation with him, I found that he and I had a lot of parallels with our journey. Now, no, we've, we've obviously gone about things differently, but there are some things philosophically that Josh and I really see eye to eye on, and it made for a great episode. I hope you enjoy this episode with Josh Tovar. Before we get to that, just a real quick reminder that School leaders, as you're getting ready to plan for next year, for how you are going to welcome back your staff, how you are going to welcome back your students, I want you to be thinking about Road to Awesome. I want you to be thinking about having me come and speak to your staff, work with your leadership team, spend time with your student leaders, and help ensure that the culture and the climate of your school is where you want it to be, or at least pointed in that direction. At Road to Awesome, that is our focus. We want to elevate leaders. And one of the ways we do that is by promoting that positivity, by building positive culture and climate. We've got some incredible stories, some great insight, and some absolutely proven techniques that will help your school transform its culture Help your staff and your students feel seen and heard and loved and truly valued on your campus. Reach out. Contact information is in the show notes. I look forward to having a conversation. Now, speaking of conversations, let's get to this amazing one with Josh Tovar. I'll see you folks on the other side. All right, Josh. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I I've been looking forward to this to this interview for a little while. You and I connected recently, and just just talking to you before we hit the record button here just a few minutes ago, it's it's like you and I were cut from the same educational cloth. This the stuff that uh, that drives both of us. So um, again, thanks for joining me on the show, and uh, I'm excited to have you here, man. Well, hey, thanks there for the invitation. Like you said, you know. The power of social media. If you're not on social media, you're still renting your movies at Blockbuster and buying your pants at Montgomery Awards. So you educators, if you right now in 21st century, you're on 
you're not on social media, you got to get on because this is how you make those connections. You know, it's been an honor for me to be listening to your podcast, Darren, and we got connected through another colleague that I met through social media also, and it's the beauty of growing stronger together. And you know what? Listening to your first six episodes have made me a better educator, a better uh, leader. So it's crucial that I send this out to everybody. Put down your VHS tapes, pick up your cell phone, and please get on Twitter. Twitter is for educators. Facebook is for our parents. Instagram is for our older kids. And TikTok is for your current students. You got to know your audience where you send that message. So if you're not on Twitter, you need to put down your beta tape and your big laser fish uh, where you showed those movies of Saturn when I was like in 1980, something like that. Remember those big ones? And oh, yeah, so, man, those big laser discs. Yeah, heck right? yeah. Exactly. So you're still using that laser disc to teach science uh, standards. So stop it. Get on social media because that way you can make a great connection with awesome people like Darren and other educators. Thank man, I, I love that. You know, that that actually that took me that took me back, you know, and not just to like my first couple of years of teaching, you know, where, um, you know, you had to roll the the TV on the big cart with the, you know, with the VHS or whatever on it. But the laser disc, man, you bring that up. And I can tell you, it, it took me right back to a moment as a little kid, something we were talking about before we hit record. The first copy that we had at my house of Star Wars, the original Star Wars from 1977, was on one of those big laser discs. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And you always had to get up halfway through and like take it out and turn it over and... Yeah, if people are still living on that, I, I get the comeback of vinyl, but the rest of it, come on, come on. Right, exactly. And again, again, I reiterate the point. You know what? All of us did that. When we were students, we would see our teachers do that or that big uh, strap on the side of the big TV or smelling the ink. A young teachers, a senior in college, you never got the honor of smelling the ink on the Rizzo. I apologize, but that is something that all of us would have that purple finger. Remember purple finger? And then when oh, you yeah. pass it out to the kids, you didn't have paper. You had a toilette, and then somehow we would write on it. But I, we digress. I'm sorry, Darren. Oh, yeah, but I know. Get I know. You're not, that's right. You're making me think of these things, too, you know, those vis-a-vis pens, you know, with the, oh, you you know, the overhead projector, and you write on it, your whole hand oh, would be blue at the end of the day, and... Uh, good time. So, so Josh, for my uh, for my listeners who have not had the honor of meeting you, just quick elevator. You know, who's Josh Tovar? Why is Josh he on Tovar, my podcast? Got you. Josh Tovar is a proud principal of Memorial Pathway Academy in Garland ISD. But taking a couple steps back, Josh Tovar is a proud immigrant to this country. I was born in Ciudad Juarez, Chihuahua, Mexico, and my mom immigrated our family to El Paso, Texas. I've been a El Pasoan for the majority of my life, and through there, I was a product of full immersion. I'm an EL student, full immersion into English, and that's where you you still get that current debate of how we educate EL students that go to Georgia, go to Iowa, go to New York and Maine. How do you educate a kid that does not know English? Um, I was a knucklehead in high school. Uh, I was a discipline problem. I used to ditch a lot. I used to drink while I was in high school. I was a problematic kid. I graduated the bottom of my class. I was not the best. I'm the kid that either ditched or liked to disturb the classroom. So that's why I'm very strict because I know how I used to be. Um, the only thing that helped me uh, get my life 
moving forward was joining the United States Marine Corps. I needed, decided to give something back to my country that gave me everything that I had up to that point in my life. And from that point on, with the guidance of my mom, Virginia, who she rests in peace. She's a, an educator at Thomas Jefferson High School, guided me to becoming a history teacher. And from the last 30 years, I've been in approximately 13, 14 schools. I've been from elementary to teaching at the university level. Um, and I transitioned over here from El Paso to different districts to North Dallas and Garland ISD, Garland USA, doing great things to helping kids. Currently, the campus that I work in is a sixth grade to 12th grade program with kids that are arriving to the United States from different parts of the world, all the way to the at-risk kids that were like me. So that campus right now that I'm working at, that I support, that campus is Josh, the immigrant on one side of the building and the at-risk kid on the other side of the building. So it's me. I, every time I look at myself in the mirror and I look at those kids, I'm looking at Josh. So that's in a nutshell who I am. So in a lot of ways, finding finding your way to uh, to Memorial Pathway Academy was kind of finding yourself, right? I mean, you totally. I mean, you you fit that building, and I I would have a I have a feeling, and I mean, you obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but um, just number one, talking with you, I know the importance of relationships for you with your kids and with your staff. Um, what's it like? I mean, building those relationships with the kids. I mean, do they instantly believe when you tell them, you know, hey, I was, I was that kid on either side of this building, or does it does it take, you know, I mean, it always takes a little bit of work to build trust with kids, but I don't know. I hope you know what I'm asking here. Just no, I, what, oh, 100%, what, do, what is that? Know, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter where you go, Darren. It's how you plant your flag when you arrive there, and whether or not you have street cred. That's the crucial part. I'll tell this to all educators. You cannot come into a building to other team members or to students without having street cred. And how do you do that? Is by letting them know what your war marks are, what you've established in the past. And then from that point on, sustaining your vision with them and your relationships. Yes, Darren, that's the most crucial part of it. Do they automatically know who you are and what cloth you're cut from? No, it's your job to slowly but surely Find those connections with each individual and make sure that this is what I use always. It's a pattern of behavior. That's the problem with educators at all levels. You don't maintain your pattern of behavior, and that's where kids don't believe in you and lose trust and faith in you. If you're a stern individual, stern educator, and you love them, they will always walk on fire for you because you know what? You're pushing them for the best version of themselves. What kids don't like and colleagues on a campus don't like from administrators is the roller coaster person. The person one day happy, one day grumpy, one day good, one day bad. Inconsistency does not help in our profession. Only establishing those patterns of behavior. And once you do that, what do you do? You're establishing credit in that person's credit card. And every day you're putting in more credit, more credit on that credit card, making sure that slowly but surely you start connecting with those individuals and it, this is um, i'm talking about an, an umbrella so it doesn't matter who whether it be that sixth grader whether it be that 20 year old young man that got released from juvenile whether it be a tenure teacher or a very first year teacher it's about establishing a pattern of behavior of who you are and then you having those side conversations always hey i understand you 
¿Sabes qué? Yo te entiendo a ti. Yo también fui inmigrante. I was an immigrant just like you. Hey, you know what? My first year teacher, they just sat me alone in my corner, in my little room. They assigned me a mentor, but never, never supported me. You, that's where you start building in those personal experiences. But if you don't show them with your body language, body language is crucial. And then after that, patterns of behavior, then people will say, oh, that guy's phony. Oh, no, she only cares about her profession. Nah, that guy's in it only for whatever reason. So it's about making sure you're consistent with your actions, number one. And number two, having those constant side conversations with individuals and saying, I got you. And make sure that you hear to understand, not hear to respond. And that's another problem with educators. You're just hearing, but you're not absorbing what they're telling you. And they're telling you also with their body language. And if you want to find a solution for them, you want to respond. That's not what they need. Right now, a lot of people, they just want to hear, they want to hear you, that you're understanding where they're coming from. Don't, don't say something to respond automatically. And right now, that's one of, well, why a lot of people, I feel, my personal opinion, they're facing a lot of adversity within their profession. So we need to make sure we listen to understand, hear to understand both kids and team members. I don't know if, you, if that makes sense to you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so obviously the people who are just listening to this did not get to see me like fist bumping and, and like, you know, waving my arm when you're talking about actually almost everything you just talked about. Um, listening to understand and not listening to respond is something I talk about a lot. It's something that, you know, as somebody who, who coaches and works to grow emerging leaders, that's, I think that's one of the biggest struggles that I, I know I did uh, when I transitioned. And I probably was this way as a classroom teacher, but um, I know I struggled with this as, as a school leader because when I, when I moved into that school leader position, you know, first is the, the guy in charge of discipline at a comprehensive high school. You know, I don't want to hear your side of the story. You know, I know what you did. Boom. Here's your consequence. Get out. I got the next kid I got to deal with. But then as a principal, you know, same kind of thing, but more with the adults and not necessarily that I wanted to tell them why they were wrong, but rather, oh, I know what you're already going to ask me, so I'm going to answer you. And I think this is one of the biggest struggles that that leaders across the board have. Um, (laughs) Side note, regular listeners of the podcast, you've heard me talk about this like six or seven times now, but listen to understand. You want to have people really people just want to be heard. And you just, you just said that, Josh. I mean, people just want to know they're being heard, not necessarily looking for solutions. So of all the things you just said, and I wrote down a whole ton of them, that's the one that's got me jumping out of my chair because I talk about that all the time, man. I just think that's so powerful. And you know what, Darren, just like you said, as, uh, and I was, and I love, in our pre-conversation was about coaching our young administrators because they're the future. You know, I'm at the tail end of my career. And a young, young administrator or that person that's about to graduate with their master's and you're going to be applying, two things. Don't one-up somebody that's talking to you. When they say something to you, or you say, oh, yeah, me too, and. No, just, no, you're here. Just listen. Don't one-up with somebody else. That's one of the things. And don't come across as a know-it-all. Just absorb the message. You don't have to respond. Another thing that gets minute I don't know, Darren, I don't know if you agree with me on this. But I don't, when people ask me a question or they want to say something to me, I stay quiet and I absorb it, especially if it's a request because they want an answer quick. 
They need to give you that answer. Please provide me with an answer solution right now. I say, I'll get back to you. Because I need to know how that will create a ripple effect with the whole body of the campus. So I will not respond to you right now. I, go, I hear you. So what you're saying is this. You know what we do? We do reflective body language. We summarize what they're saying and say, I'll get back to you. Because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you agree to something that causes a conflict with something else that's similar or that someone else is doing that destroys climate and you can't do that so don't one up somebody whenever they're saying a story and number two wait to respond if you don't wait to respond then you know what you're going to paint yourself in the corner my very first principal victor montes i love him because he opened the door for me i still believe in loyalty that's a lost art in our field and i will always mention him we did not part on great circumstances together when I left that campus, but I honor him for allowing me to join the teaching field. I will always speak highly of him for that reason. And Victor Montes was one of the, where I learned from him because he would say yes to this, yes to this, yes to this, right? But sometimes we will clash because he would say yes to everybody. He wanted to be the nice guy. And from that moment, I learned another lesson. If you try to please all, you please none. If you try to please all, you please none. So it's very, it's very crucial that you take your time when you get asked for anything, especially right now with COVID, with so many living variables and absences and lack of teachers, take your time before you respond. Because if not, you will have to handle the message you created by saying yes. That is so super powerful. Um, I love that you talked about that. I think that's something definitely that a lot of, not even just just administrators, I think just a lot of people will struggle with that sometimes. You know, the I want to make everybody happy. As an administrator, as a school leader, as as a leader in general, you can't make everybody happy. You have to be willing to be comfortable with that. And no, the goal isn't to go out and make somebody angry on purpose, but you can't always say yes, just simply because saying no might be a little uncomfortable. Um, listening to you talk about not just, you know, the don't want up somebody, love that, that's super powerful, but the, the just simply saying yes, when you're part of a leadership team in particular, whether it's two or eight or however big your team might be, having a strategy as a team around how you're going to address requests, and number one is don't respond right away. I love that. Because you can very easily paint your teammates into corners and, you know, uh, like you said, when you try to please everybody, you please basically nobody. But, but I want to chase something else that you were talking about there. You talked about learning from that particular uh, individual. And without saying the words, what I heard you say was sometimes we learn just as much from what people do wrong as what they do right. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Uh, and if I'm putting words in your mouth, just tell me, but I had a, a, the person who brought me into administration told me that directly. He, you know, he told me quite often, you know, you're gonna learn more from the things people do wrong than what they do right. So really pay attention. So maybe elaborate on that. Cause I thought that was just super important. No. Yes. You know, uh, the great thing about the Lord, not wanting me to become a principal for 13 years, because I wait. It took me 13 years to become a, an administrator. So I was under the leadership of many principals. And I learned all the good and all the not good stuff from them. 
And one of the things that I learned, you know, well, this is one of the guys that I really love. He taught to me about the budget, about how crucial it is to know the subcodes and how he was just a whiz at that. And then the woman that made me who I am as a, as a principal, uh, as an uh, administrator, Millie Williams, she always talked about the decorum with parents. Always, she, she would tell me, she was a hardcore lady. She would say, coach, sometimes in this business, you got to be a little bit of a hypocrite. You got to give that kids when you don't want to give that kids, you know? And so she taught me these kind of things <laughs> that she, and she was a coach. You're, you're very stern, coach. So I, was a, I was a coach and a history teacher. You're very stern. And sometimes you're going to have to kiss those cheeks that you don't want to kiss. But you do it for the better of the school. Um, now I get it. Now I understand what she's saying. I get it. And so... Yes, I 100%. You're not putting words in my mouth. I've learned so much more from the negative aspects. You know, I had this beautiful lady, and she was one of the, per the persons that got me out of a situation I was in. And and she used to be the principal that would buy tons of great spreads for the faculty. I mean, she would always go all out. She wouldn't do the basic generic catering. She will go all out for them, okay? And she goes, no, we got to take care of the people. I agree with you. We got to take care of people. But they would speak ill of her. They would attack her. And and I, I figured at that moment, it doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to make everyone happy. It doesn't matter how many times you feed them. There will always be upset people. Because you know what? I learned this also from her. Hurt people hurt people let's absorb that again the first time i heard it i didn't get it hurt people hurt people so if you got those five ankle biters in your campus those weebies do you guys know who the weebies are have you heard of there have you heard of the weebies we be tell us all about the weebies we be here before you we be here after you the weebies the ankle biters the weebies doesn't matter what kind of spread you're going to buy them. It doesn't matter what you purchase them. They're always going to be miserable and going to find a flaw in what you do. Your job is not to please the weebies. Your job is to take care of kids and get the majority of your people on board, making sure that they adhere to what your vision is. You treat everyone with respect. You treat everybody positively and encourage them along the way because it's a hard job that we have. Before COVID, it was a hard job, just like Todd Whitaker says. After, it's more of a challenge. So what are we doing together? We're not here to please five people in a faculty meeting. We're here to make sure that students are successful and make sure that America becomes a greater country because of the product that we produce, because we're the profession that creates all the other professions. So we need to keep on doing that ahead and not worry about the small amount. And yes, did I learn about failures? Yes, from my from my bosses. Did I see what they did sometimes that they were too harsh? Yes, I learned from them. And it doesn't matter what, there will always be detractors. Don't let that hurt you. Don't worry about that. You keep on pushing ahead and you guide your vision. Your your vision should be your heart and the spirit that you carry because you're doing it for the best thing, someone else's child. And after the events of this past week, after the events of what happened in Uvalde, remember, someone's child is very precious. And I'm sorry, guys, but for a lot of years, none of us are safe. It's no longer if. In our profession now, it's when. 
it surrounded us. And you know what? We need to get beyond all this ankle biting. We need to get beyond all these weebies because our profession has become a new, sudden, dangerous situation. So let's work together and let's get above all this other nonsense. And you know, it all happens by treating each other with respect, acknowledging each other's successes, and making sure we move ahead. Man. So, folks, the feeling that you have right now as you sit in your car driving to work is the desire to give him a standing ovation. So when you get out of your car, just do that, all right? Because I'm telling you what, Josh, that, wow, I cannot say it any better than you just said that. Um, I was going to ask you for a little bit of advice for for up-and-coming administrators partway through what you were saying with dealing with the Weebies and, you know, chasing those four or five staff members. Um, I felt like, man, I had to get everybody on board. And I finally learned, like, like what you just said, um, just let them be themselves. You know, focus, focus on getting the, the bulk of people on board. Um, but then, oof, man, the rest of everything you said was just so powerful. And you know what, Darren? I think that that's the ongoing conversation from people that sit in our chair. Because you have awesome people like Todd Whitaker, right? And then you got awesome people like Jimmy Casas. They both say almost the same message, but... Jimmy Casa says, do you have everybody? Todd Whitaker says, I ain't spending my time on you. So these are top-notch tier one presenters, tier one authors, and even they don't agree whether or not we worry about the weebies. And if you hear a lot of their podcasts, you hear a lot of their interviews, they'll tell you, I don't have time for you. If you're always going to be complaining, Todd Whitaker gives the example of the guy that he gave him a, a light bulb. And then the next day he was complaining about somebody else. Todd said, I'm done with you. I'm not going to worry about you because you know what? You're going to find another problem. And then Jimmy Casas says, okay, how are we going to get everyone on board on the plan? So, hey, this is an ongoing debate, uh, uh, administrator. Right now, if you're a senior in college, working on your master's, whatever it is, this is an ongoing, I think, Darren, you've heard this conversation over and over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, as, as you were talking about the, you know, we be here before you. We be here when you're gone. Um, I was in the school where I was the principal. I was there 11 years, and my weebies, if you will, um, not directly, but I, but I heard it shortly after I announced that I was leaving to take that superintendent position. Um, a handful who the phrase there was, "See, I told you this should pass." And here's the reality: like everything that that they wanted to push back against, they were doing it. So it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, you can say, you know, hey this too shall pass. But, you know, slowly over time, and you've talked about culture and, and, and you know, and my, my listeners know culture is to me, one of the most important things. And a lot of what culture is, is just, this is what we do here. And we have people who will put a hand up and say, Hey, uh, we don't do that here. And the more we work and the more intentional we are about building the culture we want to see, the more we start to have that have that come out. So, so it makes me want to ask you this question about culture building at Memorial Pathway Academy. What what are some things you do intentionally to make sure that that culture continues to be pointed in the positive direction that you have it? You know what, Darren? I think that goes back to what I said earlier about patterns of behavior and establishing what your vision is in that chair. It might not be someone's cup of tea always, but you know what? It's my cup of tea because in the end, I was the one that interviewed for that position. I went to the superintendent's slot. They, they brought me in for that. 
So I bring to the table the following. You got to start off every morning, just like Principal Cafella says, everyone needs to hear from me. It's not an arrogance thing. It's not a narcissist thing. They got to hear what the vision is and what your expectations are as a leader on a daily basis. You cannot give your vision to somebody else because it's your vision. And the passion that you bring in the morning announcements is what people will live through the bloodstream of the body of that campus. And it's crucial that when you say it in the morning, you live it throughout the day. So every morning, we start off Monday with it's a beautiful day with you two. A little snippet of it. Then the second day, Eminem song. Then third, right here, right now. Fourth day is college day, so I play a snippet of a fight song from whatever college song we uh we spotlight. And Friday, ELOs live your dream. You know, it's always those things that they, they're purposeful. There's a reason why everything happens. And then after the messages, we have a way to acknowledge the hard work and dedication. And mind you, for those naysayers, and trust me, there's a lot of haters as administrators. Darren, you know this. There's a lot of haters. Well, one administrator to another administrator. Everything I'm doing at Memorial Pathway right now, I did at a 6A school with 2,550 kids and 200 employees. I run a city every day. So for those haters out there that say, oh, he couldn't do that in a, in a big school, I did. So every Monday, you know, you start off with uh, Monday M&Ms. Obviously, some of the routines are different due to the size mm -hmm. of the structure. Um, every Wednesday, we do well, popcorn and um, marvelous M&Ms. And then two, every Wednesday is pop through the week popcorn. Everyone gets popcorn. And Friday at the end, it's uh, Sweet Bite Friday where we hand out donuts or they come to a strategic place and we talk about your week. Do you need anything? That's your time every Friday to tell me anything that you need about me. Every Wednesday, we celebrate students with Student of the Week. And all this is on social media. Please go take it, steal it, make it yours. I give you the blessing in the holy water. Every Thursday, we take pictures of everybody who has a university college shirt, a polo shirt. We promote it. And every Friday, School Pride Friday, you got to show your colors because you have to make sure that you tell everybody we're united. <coughs> you know, and my last campus, the one I was speaking about, when I started this at the very beginning, you I had a weeby, and the weeby, I encouraged everybody, hey, let's make sure we all wear the same colors on Friday. It was not the norm, but people do it because that's a no Paso thing. I don't know if it's somewhere else. And then someone wrote uh, on a survey, like, really wearing a shirt is going to make us a team. I don't think so. You know what? Administrators, get used to catty comments like that. Don't let it bring you down. It is what it is. Hurt people hurt people. And that, those kind of people like chaos on a campus because they could be, they could lay low and keep hurting kids by not teaching them. So don't worry about that, okay? Don't worry about that. Establish your vision and make sure that you're true to it. It's crucial that you're true to it and you tell everybody. And here goes the next thing. Post it on social media because that's where our parents are. Post it on Facebook. Oh, what a show off. Look, there goes the haters, the administrator haters. I got tons of them. Oh, oh, he always posts this out there. Oh, he only puts that to make himself look good. No, because that's what we do here. That's who we are here. This is our culture. I'm sorry, you don't have the wherewithal to make it your culture. 
but you create your own thing and I do my thing, all right? So I respect everybody else who can or can't do. That's your call. But at our campus, at our home, I want to feel that everyone feels appreciated, supported, and that they support the vision that I'm bringing to the table. And again, please, if you're finishing your master's, don't worry what other people say. Don't ever care what other people say or do about Just make sure you're there to establish a vision and support the principal's vision, whatever it might be. And once you're the principal, don't stop 24-7. Look, right now you're not seeing me, but every time you see me, I'm branding. I'm wearing my colors. If you see me on pot, on our podcast, Unlock the Middle, I'm always, 99.9% of the time, I brand. Because you know what? I'm proud of where I work. I respect the kids I work with. And most importantly, those beautiful teachers I work with every day, I love them. And I support their colors because you know what? I'm nothing without them. There you go right there, folks. I mean, it is it is gold nugget after gold nugget after gold nugget from Josh. This is just some, some awesome stuff going on right now. And I, I got to tell you, so Josh just talked about um, a bunch of stuff with social media, with how they're sharing out the branding, all the stuff they're doing. Check out the show notes because I've got links to all of this stuff in there. Um, he's he's being straight up here, folks. This is what he lives. This is what he is doing. And I've dropped it in the show notes. so You can check that stuff out. Powerful, powerful culture comes from knowing what you're about, living what you're about, living it out loud, carrying that brand. I mean, I can see Josh right now during this recording, and I do see his MPA Jaguar shirt. Um, he can see me. I got Road Dawson behind me. I got Road Dawson on me. It is all about your brand, live your brand, and the brand represents everybody who is a part of that. So, Josh, thank you for that. That's, uh, man, this is I'm loving this, but we're going to keep rocking and rolling because I want to talk more about yeah, Memorial can, Path. Can I, can I just jump in real quick go on ahead. the brand? Real quick? Last yeah, go. Had, go. Last, last night we had Ken Williams on Unlock the Middle, mm-hmm. and he, he took over um, a school like the one I used to be at. And it's so important that branding, people think that that's not. When he got there, he changed the name of his school uh, without the board's approval, but it is what it is. And he also asked for forgiveness. Yeah, right. And he also changed the, the clip art, the logo of the school because it was wimpy and it was old. When I got to all the schools I've been at, when I get there, I look at their logo. And the one, every time I arrive, it's either standard old bulldog that everyone uses. When I got to um, MPA, it was an old little Jaguar. I go, hey, no, that guy, that guy's weak sauce. Let's get that guy some, some guns on him, all right? Let's make sure we show something. Because you know what? What are you projecting? When we see McDonald's, every commercial, it's that beautiful hot fry that breaks in the middle with steam coming out. Or it's that huge Big Mac oozing with glitter on the meat, right? <clears throat> well, when we get there, it really, it's not that. But the commercial made us go get that, right? That's right. It gets us in the door. So it has to do with your branding. You're always branding. Teachers. Assistant principals and principals, don't be scared of taking. No, don't go to Applebee's drinking Brutuses with your shirts on. All right, don't don't do that. And people do that. Don't do that. Don't go to the go, go to the bowling alley wearing your shirt with a big picture. Don't do that, please. That's against policy DH. But please, when you're out there, promote your school, but know who your school is. Why only should Nike be branded in your chest and you? They don't pay you for that. You get paid for that brand of your school. And talk about if you have a magnet program, 
talk about the magnet program. If you have a newcomer program like mine, talk about that. It's crucial that you're the best billboards out there. Don't be a billboard for Nike and Adidas. Be a billboard for the beautiful children at your school. Yeah, so that's that's perfect. That that takes right right into where I wanted to go with that, and and I think that's that's a really important thing. Um, oftentimes, we'll forget about the brand that we ride for, and you know, as, as a principal, I remember several times, you know, sitting in on on some of our conversations around like you know our our most outstanding you know seniors, our most outstanding senior athletes, and I would always bring it back to. Who's ridden for the brand the best? I mean, yes, it's one thing to go out and, and excel and be good at this or this or this, but who's also carrying our brand? You know, and, and you talk about something too that, that makes me think about um, uh, George Kuros quote, uh, one that one that I quote all the time, um, and it's something that, that I've kind of made into into something of my own too, which is we have to tell our own stories. You know, we have to. What George says is, you know, make the make the positive so loud you can barely hear the negatives, but. I think it's critical that we are always telling the stories of those children that are in our classroom, those teachers that are in our classrooms, our bus drivers, our, our, our folks working down in, in the cafeteria, our maintenance folks, our, our custodial folks, our secretaries, everybody who's busting their tail for that brand. We need to be telling their stories. And that's what you're doing on social media right now, which I just I'm absolutely loving it. I think it's so important and so great that you are. I mean, you're just reaching a hand down constantly and lifting others up. And it's not about, like you said, I mean, it, the haters can can hate, whatever. This isn't about Josh Tovar trying to make himself something. It's, hey, this is our brand. This is who we are. Everybody check us out. You know, we're, what we're doing is is important stuff. So so go a little bit deeper now. Let, let's talk about MPA and some of the some of the things you have going on there. Obviously, you have you have the newcomer program. Um, you have some kids who have come back. Um, I'm curious, is your school set up as, I mean, is it a neighborhood school? Is it a, is it like a charter academy? Is it a, you know, a destination school? Do they apply to get in? What, what does it look like for a kid to get into MPA to kick it with you every day? Let me tell you, it's, uh, let me start off by saying that it's a blessing that the Lord put me at this campus. Um, it's a blessing because I'm able to see myself daily. Uh, somehow my pathway ended up here, no pun intended, at uh, MPA, making sure that I'm there to fulfill the needs of students. It is part of Garden ISD, Garden USA, and it has the best staff that I've worked with in years. Let me repeat that again. People say that, that hyperbole, I'm not making this up. I'm letting you know that the teachers at MPA, the staff at MPA, are creating miracles. And let me tell you why. I'm going to give you examples. I'm not just going to say to say it. You see, we receive campuses with the second day they roll at, um, at Garland ISD. They give them a test in language. And if they're low, they're given the option to go to MPA to learn English. They still take content courses, but they're, the primary focus is English. And that is from 6th grade to 12th grade, okay? We'll talk about the other part, the non-traditional side, in a little bit. So 6th grade to 12th grade, we have students that come from all over the world. I've got kids from Venezuela, Colombia, El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, Mexico, Vietnam, Afghanistan. We just had some kids leave from uh, Africa. 
all those students, and I would tell you that the majority of them are not very strong in their first language, the majority in Spanish. They didn't go to school in their different Latin American country. And so they're not strong in Spanish, let alone in English. And these, these students come to us. The very first thing that they need is that support from us in the classroom, emotional support. So it takes somebody that has the heart the size of Jupiter to greet these kids because we've heard the horror stories of these kids arriving, walking, facing physical adversity and torture. Not only that, but all the other traumas that go with that. They're being ripped away from their country where all their families are and coming here. So the number one thing that you need is a beautiful heart. And we hardly have any of our students break down when they walk in there. Do they break down? Yes. But that's not the norm because we surround them. Our team members surround them and are there to provide the comfort. Because you know what? Kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And once they feel that they care, that you care about them, they're going to open up and tell you the stories. And sometimes, sometimes be careful. You're going to hear stuff you don't want to hear as an educator. But they trust you. That love creates equals to making sure that they learn their language. And last year, this year, our students are passing the state exams. Not all of them. Not all of them. But for kids that came with a low baseline, that some of them are able to pass the state at grade level exam, you know, that speaks volumes for the team members at that school. So I love the newcomer side. Our non-traditional side, that's one hallway of another set of Joshua's. That's myself. Kids that would always ditch, kids, teen parents, um, kids that used to be involved with different groups that they shouldn't be involved with, alcohol situations. They put in an application to come to the building. And once they come in, I accept them as a principal then they're there for four hours per day. They provide their content that they have to provide online in a, on a computer, and then they leave and they could continue their work at home or they could stay longer, whatever it might be. That's why those teachers at the non-traditional side are another group of beautiful, hardworking educators. You need to understand, these are kids that never went to school at the comprehensive schools. They never attended. A lot of these kids had over 100 absences they had a lot of discipline referrals. There were teen parents. Did they want to go to all the noise? No, that's why they went away. They didn't feel the connection at the, at the regular school. They didn't care who it was. They wanted to find a place that would greet them. They wanted to find a place that would be there for them. And that's what MPA does. Those teachers connect with our students. They make sure that they're there for them and that they feel comfortable. We last year during the pandemic, uh, those crazy times, those team members during that crazy time graduated 226 kids. 226 wow. kids. Okay? This year, since now they're going back, and you know, you, you have variables. You have variables mm-hmm. of kids not going to school, only need a couple of credits. This year we're at 80. The times are different. We're back to a traditional norm. But those 80 kids, and if you see, um, I know that Darren's going to put the story of uh, that I, I shared with him because we were featured on Spectrum TV. This young lady that was 20 years old came to me. 
and she told me about all this adversity she had faced. She told me, can you allow me in? I had been here before and I, and I stopped coming. And I gave her a hard time. I go, no, how can I trust you? You're 20 years old. I don't want you in a building with 14 year olds or 12 year olds. How do I know I'm gonna trust you? I promise you, I make that commitment. In a couple of days, on June the 9th, she said she was gonna graduate on a specific date. And guess what, Darren? She graduated. Those are the things. And now let me kick it up a notch now. This is why we're one familia, una familia juntos, one united family. Because some of the kids that come to us from Mexico, from El Salvador, that are older, that have some credits, but if they go to the comprehensive school, they won't finish on time by the, by the age. They go work on our non-traditional side. So we've had kids that are 20 that came here to America at 18, and they're about to graduate with their high school diploma. That's one family, not newcomers, non-traditional side, working together as one family so that that kid can live the American dream. I love that place. Thanks to all the educators. I think that's just absolutely amazing. Uh, I think I said to you when we first got on before we hit record button that that you're somebody that helps kids really achieve their dreams. And, and you just said it right there, man. I, I just think that is absolutely amazing i love hearts the size of jupiter um you know educators are special people man i mean that's just the bottom line educators are special people but but we've we've both worked with with that handful of folks in the comprehensive high schools i mean that's when i was a high school principal comprehensive high school 1500 kids 200 and some odd you know staff members all that kind of thing and a lot of our el kids would get lost and some of it was the maybe it was a lack of understanding maybe it was you know a lack of willingness to to put the time in um maybe it was you know a, a belief that you know and you and i both know this isn't true but that 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 outdated belief that some may still carry that a lack of understanding in a language means a lack of intelligence and it absolutely does not in any way shape or form um I think it's incredible to hear the success stories that both sides of that united family and what, what they're creating. I mean, it's, I hear great stories all the time as a part of this podcast. I, I love being able to do this podcast, but not very often does a story give me chills like some of the stories that I've experienced and lived myself. And I got chills listening to you talk about whether it's 262 or 80 kids. I mean, you and your team are allowing kids to live out a dream and to make their lives better. And I congratulate you and your team for that. It's, that's very, very special stuff, man. Uh, it's very, very special what you're doing. It is. And you know what, Darren, that, uh, they're, they're such beautiful people. I love them. You know, they, they put up with my crazy ideas sometimes and we see the fruits of it later on. But you know what? I, I'm just one concern that I have and I'm talking to you, in Iowa, I'm talking to you in Wisconsin. I'm talking to you in Virginia. I'm talking to you in Wyoming. Some of my hijos are leaving me and they're moving up there with you, okay? And understand that myself, being an immigrant to this country, me, Josh, having to learn English, I was one of them. They're not a, we're not a one-size-fits-all, guys. Recently, I could not find a U.S. history teacher. 
at Memorial Pathway Academy. And I was practicing educational malpractice as an administrator. I was doing wrong by my kids. I couldn't find it. I had rotating substitutes if I had anybody. And those kids had to take the state exam. So I said, hey, get out of my way. I'm going in there. So I started teaching the last three months. And let me tell you, I was very rusty. I did everything that I could that I told our, you know, that we work as a game plan, the Fundamental Five, uh, with Sean King's Fundamental Five and Avid Strategies in our sheltered instruction. And I found the differences within Hispanics, the difference between Hispanics from Mexico, from Guatemala, El Salvador, we, we use almost the same language, but it's totally different meanings a lot of times. So when you have an, a different group of Hispanics going to you in Iowa, going to you in different parts of the country, we're not special ed, guys. Don't put us in special ed. You got to scaffold down your curriculum to build us up. We all have that potential. Teachers used to tell me I was gonna, I was never going to do anything in life. Teachers used to tell me I wouldn't do anything. Because I'm not fluent in English doesn't mean I'm illiterate. It doesn't mean I'm a dummy. It means you need to meet me where I'm at. And is it frustrating? Yes. It was frustrating for me teaching the last couple of months because I need to I needed to keep on scaffolding back more and more and more to establish a new baseline to build everyone back up. And does it take time? Yes. Does it take time to plan? Yes. That's why you ask your administrator, give me a substitute if you have one so where I could plan out for our EL kids. So I could plan out. The most important part is, guys, our kids are coming in. We see the news. Let's not be blind. We're not blind. Whatever channel you turn to, whether the red channel or the blue channel, you know that we see a large group of migrants coming in here from all over the world. We're about to get Ukrainians, I hear. We're about to get Ukrainian kids. Yeah. Hey, a person over there in uh, in Laramie, Wyoming, are you going to deal with that Ukrainian? Are you going to deal with a El Salvadoreño right next to him? You see, this is where not only do administrators need to remember, but to plan for the situation. And putting us in special ed is not doing us a favor. On the contrary, you're keeping us from the American dream. Because you know what? Give us the ability, give us the capacity, so we can live our dreams in the United States. And it takes a teamwork. Once you get those groups in, you don't isolate us. You need to put us out with the body so we understand how to communicate with society, how to get along. Because the norms in Utah, for sure, are going to be different than the norms in San Diego. And it's about knowing our society and how we get along. I'm worried about this influx, and it's how we're preparing as educators not to add those two years of a void. Those two years. And yes, there was learning loss. I'm sorry. People get offended by that. Yes, we yeah. did learn some things. But you know what? There was a regression. That's a reality. That's my personal opinion because we all witness it especially when you got a kindergarten kid becoming the next thing they went to the to the building they were already in second or third grade so we need to make sure that we plan for these all the el students and all those schools that deal with el students reach out to me let me be the hub let's start connecting so if you got el students in your city reach out to me and we'll share out ideas 
because what we do in our school is great that will help your school and maybe you're doing something that we need to learn how to do that's the only way we could connect to make sure that every student that comes here in regardless i'm not talking about politics i'm not talking about legalities they're in our schools we got to deal with it right just we just got to make sure we do the best thing and not become frustrated with them because they don't understand a simple task and, and like i was telling darren <clears throat> i was giving them a, a quick uh seo moment at the start of class and i told them i give them a visual who is nicer Thanos from the avengers or darth vader i thought that was a grand slam i thought that was an awesome yeah. part of my lesson i'm like wow dude that's like real cool i i thought yeah. I, I like to be part of that debate yeah right well from my from my kids in the class four of them had never seen star wars because they never had gone to the movies because in their country they were very poor and the other four had never seen the avengers so again that's my american way of thinking even though i'm an immigrant i thought i could relate something simple complex and it wasn't that's one of the things one of those items that we've gone through at memorial pathway academy and we would like to share with the other 49 states making sure that we're only stronger together and learning how to help these students that's outstanding man it really is um so Man, I just I love so much of that. Um, I'm glad that you retold that story that we talked about when uh, when we hadn't yet hit the record button. I had actually had that written down in my notes to make sure that I got to it. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you hit that. Um, so many great things here. So many gold nuggets from Josh. Um, all of his contact information is in the show notes. You can get all of that stuff. Take him seriously. He said, "Reach out, connect with me." Use him as a resource. This is somebody who knows 100% what he is talking about. So, Josh, before we wrap up, the last question I always ask every one of my guests, how are you leaning into leadership? You've hit a whole ton of it, but maybe there's one you haven't hit or something you want to build on. Tell us, how are you leaning into leadership right now? By listening to you. By listening to all the different podcasts that I do. Because I cannot become a better version of myself if I'm not stealing from other leaders. If I'm not hearing from other educators. I need to continuously sharpen my tools in my tool chest. And this is a great forum. Podcasts like these, they're great forums for me as an educator to analyze. Am I doing okay? Am I, um, what can I bring, what can I steal from somebody to improve what I'm doing? I'm leaning into leadership by continuing my learning, making sure that I'm up to date with what other people in the country are doing, making sure that I can say, hmm, that's good stuff. Let me take it. And I share it out with everybody. You could, I, I put a, every summary that I do of podcasts that I, I hear, I put them on our Twitter because maybe that's what you need to hear. Maybe you've been looking to that answer. And that's the only way we're going to get through this. Iron sharpens iron. We can only get through this if we're united and we're stronger together. And I never forget that whatever I learn, I implement and make it a pattern of behavior. Whatever it is, you cannot be one and done. One of the best persons that taught me anything, uh, Darren, one of the, the best tutor I had was Virginia Tovar, my mother. 
My mama was a weeby. You did not want Virginia Tolada at your faculty meeting. My mama <laughs> was that one, okay? So I learned from the best. And I would hear her at home, and she would say, Ah, that administrator, what does he know? They've always been in middle school, and they come to high school. They know nothing. Ah, that's where I learned about street cred. Ah, that administrator, they give me a sandwich for, for Teacher Appreciation Week. You think you're going to keep me happy with that? True. One sandwich and a pen doesn't make me happy. It's all these little... That administrator just walks by my door and never says hi. They're looking at their dumb phone. They ignored me. Oh, I always look at people when they walk past the door. All those lessons are crucial when you walk in our shoes. And you know what? If you get negative feedback, that's the best feedback you can get. And the only way you're going to get that is by creating an open door policy. And it doesn't matter. I believe I have one. But there's always people say, you're not available. That's fine. Remember what I said. People will always be doubting you. There will be casting stones at you. That's okay. Don't worry about it. If you know that the majority of people feel that they could reach out to you in a text, and they feel they could come and talk to you, and just say, hey, talk to me. Feel free to tell me. Hey, Tobar, I don't like this. Then you know that's when you created an open-door policy. That's when you know people feel comfortable sharing stuff with you. Will there always be outliers? Outliers? Yes, there will always be outliers. But you know what? I feel comfortable that as long as I keep on sharpening my tools by listening to podcasts like this, that as long as I remember all the mistakes by prior administrators and that I continue positive actions throughout the year, patterns of behavior, I know that our family will always stay strong. And you know what? I can't go wrong with Memorial Pathway faculty and staff. They're such beautiful groups of people, and that's who makes that campus. I'm very proud of that. And that is how I'm leading into leadership. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Josh, thank you so much for the conversation today. Um, listeners, I know, I know you picked up a million gold nuggets from this one. And uh, make sure you give Josh a follow. And uh, if you need anything, reach out to him. You've got that information right there in the show notes. Again, Josh, thanks so much for being on Leading into Leadership. Thank you. My pleasure for having you. Thank you, Darren. Yes, sir. Gold nuggets indeed right there from Josh Tovar. Really appreciate him coming on the show. We had a really great conversation, and I hope you enjoyed it half as much as I enjoyed that particular conversation. I'm going to pull a couple of gold nuggets out of there real quick and, and just kind of highlight those. Number one, how can we go past his phrase, hurt people, hurt people, without pausing and listening to it again? Hurt people, hurt people. You know, when he said this to me, my jaw dropped, folks. I mean, because it's the truth, right? I mean, we know that we have those people out there who, you know, they're, they're looking to say negative things or they try to rise themselves up by pushing other people down. Clearly, they've been hurt and they're trying to hurt other people because they've been hurt. I love that particular phrase. I love how he talked about educators having the heart the size of Jupiter, his Educators specifically at Memorial Pathway Academy having a heart the size of Jupiter. What a brilliant design of that school. And obviously having people who bring their heart and their passion each and every day to students in two very unique pathways is a truly, 
truly amazing thing. I, I congratulate Josh and the entire MPA Jaguars team. They are doing some incredible work. I really appreciate him coming on the show and sharing a little bit of that story with us. And now it's time for a pep talk. So I'm reading a new book, and I've decided that periodically I should probably share with you some of the things that I'm reading. Um, several podcasts that I listen to, they do a brilliant job of asking people, hey, tell me two or three books that you know that you would recommend or that you really care about. And I thought, well, I'll do it my own individual way. And so I'm going to share with you right now I'm reading, I'm almost finished with, Illogical by Emmanuel Acho. If you haven't picked up this book yet, folks, man, it is worth it. What a brilliant read. And I'm just going to share one or two quotes that uh, Emmanuel shares in here. Really, this, this entire book is about following an illogical path. It's about not doubting yourself, about not listening to the critics. Um, as, as Emmanuel puts it in the book, he talks about putting on your headphones and how sometimes when we put on our headphones and some of the new uh, new types of headphones, I just got a new set of uh, Beats Fit Pro, um, they have what you call a transparency setting. So yes, they can be in their active noise uh, noise suppression or noise filtration mode, but they can also be in transparency mode where you can hear a little bit of the outside while you're still listening to that inner monologue, that inner dialogue, or um, as uh, uh, as I've often heard it called, a soundtrack. John Acuff's book, Soundtracks, comes to mind there, and I'll talk about that book another time. But in Illogical, Emmanuel talks about sometimes you need to put on your headphones. You know, sometimes you need to block out the noise. Don't listen to your critics. Don't listen to everything everybody has to say, but sometimes you got to turn on that transparency mode and hear little bits and pieces and choose what it is that you listen to. The other thing that I want to highlight from this book, and it comes from the very beginning of the book, but I thought it was fantastic. He talked about that your calling is your calling. It's nobody else's. And if you're at a point right now in your life or in your career where you're thinking that maybe you want to try something different. Maybe that's leaping from one role into another. Maybe that's leaping completely out of the profession. Maybe you want to start your own business or, or something along those lines. Your calling is your calling. As Emmanuel Acho says, it's not a conference call. That calling is yours. Live that calling the way you choose to live it. Put on the headphones, block out the noise, and go chase your dreams, folks. I hope you have an incredible Road to Awesome week. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.